Hello, I'm Lisa Peter coming to you from the Ill, the Edmund Elder Library, and today we are doing for my notes the book review of For Women Who Are Called by Women Who Have Answered, Kim Haney and Contributing Authors. Yesterday I did the preface, preface, <laughs> preface of the book, and so today I'm going to start with chapter one knowing the call now there's quite a few notes for chapter one so i'm going to get going knowing the call the call to ministry is not a sort of employment or vocation opportunity where you can pick and choose how you want to fit into the kingdom and choose the course of exactly how god will use you the call to ministry is just that a sacred calling from the spirit of god it's supernatural you never forget the place and time where your call was birthed. It speaks into your soul day after day. Knowing the voice of God. The voice of God pulls at your soul. And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. Hebrews 5 and 4. The call to ministry or office comes um, with a high degree of responsibility. misspell the word here oh it has it has a high degree of responsibility to stand before men as god's ambassador requires a calling from above also i heard the voice of the lord saying whom shall i send and who will go for us then said i here am i send me isaiah 6 and 8 this call or desire does not fade with time it takes you to the place where nothing else matters. John ten twenty seven, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. There is nothing more important than knowing God has called us. He speaks in a still, small voice. When we talk about a call, the definition means a summons. God summons us. We either answer it or we don't. You will see the fruits by the choices you make. God has called many, but few are chosen. Kenneth E. Hagan, 1917-2003, um, he was a popular minister. Anyway, he said, Feeling is the voice of the body. Reason is the voice of the mind. Conscience is the voice of the spirit. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? When a woman of God learns to hear the voice of the Lord, God will use her mightily. The world won't be behind you, waving flags of support. You won't always have a whole host of close friends who are supporting you in your call. Many times your family members will not be there to support you. You will stand before the Lord, so whatever it is he has called you to do. So do whatever it is that he's called you to do. You've got to remember that. In fact, I had a little bit of that in my own life. Um, um, I, I remember telling somebody one time, he says, you know, I could do what you all want me to do. Or, you know, resort back just to the norm, what's considered the norm. But it's not them I'm going to stand before on judgment day. And to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant, because I did not hide my talents. I did not hide my calling. So it's it's a fine thing because you don't want to offend people. 
and you do want to follow peace with all men. You want to do what you're, what you're, um, what you've been taught all your whole life to do. You want to do that. But then you ask God, remember, you will stand before the Lord. So do whatever it is he has called you to do. Women are not in competition with men. You have to remember that as well. If you're a woman called of God, you always be a lady. You be respectful. You know that you don't need to raise your voice. You don't try to pick up man, um, men's mannerisms. You don't try to be forceful. You be gentle, you be kind, you be patient. The attributes of a woman, and especially a Christian woman, the fruits of the Spirit. A certain level of contentment comes when you fall in line with God's plan for your life. No one can tell you that you're called, or they cannot tell you that you're not called, either one. So you can't tell somebody, say, I think God's got a call on your life. You cannot call somebody else into the ministry is what this is mean. And only you can know if God has called you to this high honor of ministry. You must pray and receive a clear answer and direction from God alone regarding your call. People can be used to confirm what you're already feeling, but they are not the ones to choose this road for you. Ministry comes through the call of the Spirit. Ministry is not an employment opportunity. I remember posting something along that lines this week. Somebody, uh, another one of our ministers had posted that um, uh, ministry is not where you don't, don't um, think that's where you're going to get money. Don't, don't count on that being your, your, exactly what I just said, I guess. It's not employment. It's not, it's not for monetary gain. It is a divine calling from God. It's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you. You're not in it for what rewards. And there will be rewards. God's going to pay. God, he always takes care of his own. But you're not in it for that. You're in it to sacrifice, to die daily, to take up your cross and follow him, to know that you are going to suffer persecutions, that the, it's going to be lonely, but it's going to be beautiful because it's going to draw you closer to God as you obey him. Okay, now, um, mentors such as Sunday school teachers and pastors can help to form the calling by beginning to use you in the little things. Like when your pastor knows that God put a call on you, he can start giving you some areas of responsibility and let you um, develop, you know, develop a little bit more. And it said Sunday school teachers too. You can offer to teach a class, start with a small class, start using your gifts in small areas as you learn more and build more. It is vital that you know the voice of the calling for yourself. This is something you must know. When you know it, nothing can pull you from it. No trial, no storm, or other opportunity, etc. If something starts looking up, that you might get an opening. You might start getting an opening for something else. But you be careful that that's God. Make sure that it's God that's opening that door and not just an entrapment and ensnarement. There's been many people's fallen away along the line because, um, well, I, we've known some um, apostolic Pentecostal singing groups or singers. They started off in church. They started, God started opening doors for them and stuff. But then as they got known in those arenas, more doors opened up that they 
you can't even tell that they're apostolic Pentecostal anymore. They've they've lost their first love. And we gotta be careful about that. You gotta know. You've got to know that God has called you and don't let nothing pull you away from that. No no snare, no entrapment of the devil, no carrot in front of your uh, that proverbial carrot in front of you drawing you away to greener pastures, to higher heights. Because remember, you're not in it for your fame. You're not in it for your fortune. You're in this to lift up the name of Jesus, to promote him, to do what he calls you to do. Those who are truly called are not afraid to walk alone. They are not bound by what others think of them, nor pressed to be popular. Knowing that truth buried deep inside your heart will make you an effective vessel of honor. The call of a minister's wife. See, I thought this should have went on to the next um, chapter, but it's actually not. The call of a minister's wife. Ask the Lord to give wisdom and balance in our transparency on what to share. See, you, that's another thing. As I'm talking to you here, I've got to be careful because, yes, I want to share some of my own personal experiences. That's why I ad-lib. But I have to be careful in that because... You know, sometimes too much information. Some things, you don't want to hurt anybody else along the line. Um, if people have hurt you, you don't, want to, you don't need to air your dirty laundry. Because, see, you've already taken that to the Lord. You've already prayed. And if you've forgiven people, see, that's the thing. We want God to forgive and forget, uh, forget about our sins, our transgressions. So when we ask God to help us to forgive others, then see... We can't, we can't dwell on those things. So that's why we got to be careful on what we can and cannot share. It's not only a position of prominence, the spotlight and the privilege that comes with ministry, but ministry is being a servant. It is work. It is loving people, helping people, no matter the task. A minister's wife must be approachable, real, down to earth, make people feel comfortable yet respectful and genuine. You don't want to be like um, buddy-buddy to the fact that um, it's one of those. I heard something else about that, too, about a lot of people, they want to pull the preacher, the pastor, down onto their level. Um, but yet it's not. That position of pastor is a leadership role, and they are. They are above. They are. It is a position above. It's to be respected and honored and it's because it's it's that role that God gave them. That's a God appointed role, and that's what we have to remember. And as a as a woman of God, you're in the, uh, in the ministry. It's also true that you want to you want to be approachable, like I just said. You want people to know that they can come to you um, with certain things. But see, that's another thing. When somebody comes and asks you to pray for something. You don't have to know every detail about what they need to pray about. Uh, a lot of times there's a fine line between gossip. You know, you got to be careful because we don't, you don't need to know everything. If somebody has a need, you just take their name. And like if they need healing, you say, God, you know such and such person needs healing. You say, you know, you call their name out to them. Or if it's a family, a family situation, you just put it to God. You don't have to know every single detail. And if you're praying out loud and in a group of people, you do not air people's laundry out loud because other people can hear you. 
you got to be respectful. You got to respect people's requests for prayer. And I just threw that in there. <clears throat> just let you know that we just as a fine line, equally yoked in purpose and calling with her spouse. You know, God calls people as a team, and that's true. A husband and a wife make a wonderful team. And a lot of time, opposites attract. So what he's good at, she may not be good at. And sometimes there's occasions when they're both good at some, some of the same things. But it, it is, it's um, that yoke. You are, you are one. You're one in the Spirit. You're one with the Lord. You're one with one another. So you need to think like Him, have the same desires, and work together with your spouse. Bonded with Him in passion, calling, and purpose. And it, I got an asterisk, I got a star. It, uh, it says, important. If God has laid upon your heart a burden for the mission field, or you feel called to a specific area of ministry, any prospective future husband, this is to unmarried people, of course. Uh, the woman, uh, Sister Haney had wrote this to the single girls at Christian Life Center where she teaches. They should have the, or Christian Life College made this, this should have the same type of calling upon his life. You need to, um, you know, if, you, if you're called of God before you get married, then, of course, you need to find a, um, a spouse that has the same things. Because you will be required by God to submit to your husband, not only to his authority, but also to his calling in life. If you marry ungodly, uh, oh, yeah, not ungodly, unequally. If you marry unequally yoked in calling, it will bring much frustration, discouragement, and inner regrets unfulfillment and out of the will of God. You cannot marry someone and think you will change them. You cannot try to push your husband into positions of ministry, trying to make a preacher out of him. If he's not called, if he has not been called to that position, if he's not been called to that, then his desire is not there and there will be nothing more frustrating because I've seen this as well. Some other examples, not my own, but other people's examples. Um, it will make it will make you um it will make you discontent and will cause friction. It may force you to shelve your call of God on your life and just have you just sit on a church pew somewhere and never satisfied, never fulfilling that call, that obedience. So think of what a powerhouse couple can accomplish for the kingdom of God when two like minded, like passioned, and equally yoked callings unite. Deuteronomy thirty two and thirty. One can put a thousand to flight, but two, two that are united unanimously, can put ten thousand to flight. One used mightily by God. Oh, that was, I got parentheses, said used mightily by God. If a woman has to rise and become the spiritual leader in her home and marriage, it is like climbing a, up a hill with a backpack full of rocks. It will not be easy. And my grandkids and I have been watching a little bit of um, Pilgrim's Progress. And you know how Christian, that's the name of the man in there, how he has to climb up the hill and he's got this big old burden on his back. It's not easy. It's not easy. And that's how it will be with this. So if you've got a call on your life, you pray. Because the, the Lord does not call the equipped. He equips the called. Know that if any man or woman lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Because he's the one that's going to give liberally. He's going to give you the wisdom. He wouldn't call you to do something that he didn't think that you could do it. Because God's all-knowing and he's all-powerful. And if he's got a job that gets, needs to be done, he's for sure not going to call somebody that can't do it. 
He's going to call somebody he knows can now be passionate about it and will complete that work because through prayer, remember, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope I um, said something that might help you today. Get the book if you don't if you have it and you don't just don't have time to read. Well, that's kind of why I do this because I know it's kind of like the cliff note version. But anyway, it's a great book. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.